Look, I'm a bit wobbly this morning, so you better not be. Let me just read you a scripture before we start. It's nothing to do with what I'm going to preach this morning, but just feel it from 1 Peter 1, verse 13. It says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ is revealed. Prepare your minds for action, for the grace to be given you when Christ is revealed. There is a greater measure of grace that comes to you when you understand him more. Okay, thank you for your underwhelming response. There is a greater measure of grace that comes to you when I understand him and he's working my life more. So we pray this morning, say, my God, Father, we pray for Christ to be revealed more and more. For as he's revealed in me and through me, I understand the measure of grace in me greater. We'll work on that one. This morning, maybe we're going to do something slightly different. You know, normally my way, we'll do things slightly different. Is that all right? We'll break the status quo slightly. You know, when I was preparing my word this week, which was fine, it's here, I heard heaven, knew what God wanted to say, and then I get that check. That check is the element of maybe what we talked about slightly this morning and we mentioned in the early morning prayer meeting. Instead of me just bringing a word with gusto this morning and just bringing it, I get that check that says, we vision cast this morning. Meaning that where we are in this season of God, we don't yet fully understand. And if we don't yet fully understand, <clears throat> excuse me, then it's hard for us to buy in, it's hard for us to take our portion, and it's hard for us to build with and push forward. So this morning we're going to sow something into the Spirit that hopefully you can catch and that the Holy Ghost can start to rain on to enable the fruit to be born in our lives. Is that okay? All right? So you know what Pastor Tony started to talk about? He started to talk about bringing families to the wall. Is that correct? Now, I've entitled the message this morning, Yes, But. Is that all right? So we're going to entitle this morning's message, Yes, But. So in Nehemiah 4... Verse 13 to 15, it declares this. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. What's the first command? I don't know about you, but when suddenly that word drops into the house... I am going to station you by families by the wall. Maybe there's a little bit of fear that comes in the first place, but we'll move on from there. But remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. The word of the Lord says it's time to fight for your families, for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. I think we can tag a few in there, can't we? Your husbands. Your backslidden dog, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, 
What is it that you're going to fight for? Are you going to fight for your nephews, your nieces, your grandchildren? What is it that you're going to fight for? God says, in this season, we will fight for our families. See, God has moved over the last two years speaking about going to the city, about national transformation. And God says, do you know what, guys? I think it's too big. I think talking about the city or even taking Jolston too big. So let's start with your own living room and work from there. You see, because God has a principle, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We've been looking at the big picture and talking about the ends of the earth, and God says, it might be a bit of a stretch too far. Samaria, going to Manchester, might be a stretch too far. So let's start in your own backyard. Is that all right? So we're fighting for our families. He said, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. The enemy is aware that we are aware. I'll say that again. The enemy is aware that we are aware. It says in here, like we've just said, fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. But why don't we just expand that slightly this morning? Why don't you fight for your breakthrough? Why don't you fight for your health? Why don't you fight for your finances? Why don't you fight for the establishing of your life in Christ? It is so easy to be so passive and believe that he is going to do everything. I end up doing nothing. But God said, it's time for you to take your position. And as you take your position, there is an element of responsibility that falls on you and on me. Because God says, it's time for you to fight for your family. Did God say, heaven will fight for your family? Who's going to fight? You're going to fight. I'm going to fight. Do you know when Moses came to the Red Sea and all the people were behind him in the wilderness and the Egyptians were pushing up? And Moses gets to God and says, God, I don't know, this is the gospel according to Phil, by the way, the Phil translation. He gets to the Red Sea and says, you know, you've got us in a bit of a pickle here, God. I've got them lot behind me, them lot pressing me, and I don't know if you notice, there's a very big puddle in front of me that I can't cross. So what does God say to Moses? What is in your hand? You stretch out your hand and speak to it. God says, there's more in you than you ever knew. There's more in you than you ever knew or realized. But you know, sometimes it's only when your back's against the wall, you realize how much of a fight there is in you. You know, there are people who get some bad news, who that when they get to bad news, instantly crumble. They're like a piece of MFI furniture that as soon as it's pressurized, it all falls to pieces. The wobble comes on and it's dropping off. The doors are coming off. The screws are falling out. And there's others that when you're pressed, that pressing will galvanize you and you'll push back. For some of us, we might turn around and say, that's me stubborn streak. Is that not you? You know, sometimes, I mean, I mean, I, let's talk about Phil. I can't talk about you, but I'll talk about Phil. 
sometimes, excuse the term I'll use, for the hell of it, I won't give in. I'll kind of go, I could give in, the easy option is giving in, but I'm not giving in. So I'll dig my heels in and go, right, move me. And that's when I get that look from Ange, the one I'm getting right now. That one. Where you just dig in your heels. But God is not looking for us to dig our heels in. The scripture was used this morning, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord. For the battle we're in is the... We do not fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. But what we still need to do is fight. So it says that the enemy heard and was aware of the plot. He knew that we were aware of his plots and schemes, yes? So we said that the enemy knows that we know. In 2 Corinthians 2, it says this, for we are not, or we are aware of his schemes. So we know how the enemy works. He's always going to do the same old things, just packaged in a different way. If you ask Kev, I use this term quite a lot. I've seen you before, different face, but I've seen you before. Because you see patterns, and the enemy will come in certain ways, and you go, I can see your footsteps, mate. I know exactly where this is coming from. He does nothing new. So when you feel intimidation, you feel fear, you get attacked, when people are, are, are bad with you, when they're sly with you, when they try and reduce you, all of that stuff, you've seen it before, but just been done in a different face. So we're aware of his schemes. In Acts 19, 15, it says of this, when the sons of Sceva were trying to deal with the man who had the demonic spirit, he said, one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? The enemy is aware of us as much as we're aware of him. Now the enemy knows that God is on the move. I said the enemy knows that God is on the move, but he has no understanding of what that move is. Shall I give you a slightly bigger picture here? I'll wind the clock back slightly. When you're in Genesis and that prophetic word and declaration goes out that you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head, there was an attack that hit the enemy on the head that has caused him not to be able to think straight. Think about it for a moment. He is wounded in the area of his mind. Now, this is a man who quotes scripture. This is a man, the fallen being, Satan, who knows scripture better than you know scripture, but has no revelation and understanding of what it is. Think for a moment. Shall I prove it? Let me prove this to you in one sentence here. In 1 Corinthians 2.8, it says this. It says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not of the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it because if they would, they would never have crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Satan has no understanding. He knows that this is the Son of God, but he has no understanding, even though Scripture declares it from the beginning to the end, that he will die for the redemption of mankind, that by his stripes we are healed, that cursed is every man who is hung upon the cross, that he is cursed so that we could be brought hope. All of that he doesn't understand. He knows the written word, but he has no revelation or understanding of what that means to you and I. If they did, they would never have crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're going to wind back our digital clock now. We'll get in our time machine and we'll drop back into the mid-80s when Carmen was still pretty going strong. Anybody remember Carmen? Anybody who actually remembers the 80s? Yeah? So when you had Carmen, he sang the song about the victory, didn't he? About the crucified and the risen Savior. And that all of heaven is rejoicing, all of hell is rejoicing that Jesus Christ is dead. And then all of a sudden, hell starts to shake. Do you remember it? And it's this whole song about he is risen. And all of hell breaks open as Jesus Christ is raised from the grave. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. All of heaven explodes and hell is reduced. He was celebrating and now it's on the other foot because it has no understanding of the move of God. What it tries to do is hinder because it doesn't understand what it's there for. He has no understanding so that when God turns around and says, okay, church, and this is not just the dream center, as God starts to speak and move around and says, it's time for you to fight to your, for your families. It's time for you to call home prodigals. It's time for you to bring in what's your inheritance. It's time for you to take back where you've worked in the field. The enemy has no understanding why. Question, do you? Why should I have... Joel and Dan back here. It's not just so, oh, look, I've got Joel and Dan. It's for a bigger purpose. Legacy transfer, that's right, Kath, where you're from there. It's more and more, it's bigger than what we've got. Our kids who have been brought up, even if you said there were only 10 when they decided not to come back anymore, there is legacy, there is a word sown in their life that we can start to call on and bring them back. The word that was in my mouth will not depart from your mouth or the mouth of your children's children. There is something where we stand and say, my God, I am fighting for the word of the Lord that came to me. I don't want to stand here this morning. You won't be moved and I won't be moved by wishful thinking. I won't be moved by a new sticker or a fridge magnet. I have to be moved by the Spirit of God doing something on the inside of me. The scripture also says this, before a man goes to war, let him count the cost. Shall I be honest with you this morning? If we get into a fight, there will be some bloody noses. There will be some grazed knees. And there will be, there will be, there will be some tears before bedtime. I said there will be some bloody noses, some grazed knees, and some tears before bedtime. So the issue is this. Are you willing to get into the fight? If you're willing to get into the fight, you might get a bang on the nose. He's not here this morning, so I can talk about him. My Dan is a dense, as a... 
we'll use a different term. Don't call him dense. He's numb as a pump. So as numb as a pump, back in the day, when he was a bit younger, he got into a little bit of fighting, a bit of boxing, different stuff. And do you know what makes my Dan dangerous? What makes him really, really dangerous? Because I see Dan, and Dan's quite placid. He's quite all right. Until you press a certain Dan button. If you press the Dan button, you better stand back. But do you know what makes my Dan really dangerous? He's not afraid of you punching him in the face. I know because I've done it. Dan is not afraid of being punched in the face. So when our Dan was in boxing class, our Dan's quite laughing because our Dan hasn't got any guard. Dan's just like this, I'll fight you. People smacking him in the face. Dan just laughing, now it's my turn, now you're having it. And Dan would just be, no technique, he's just going to beat you to death. The majority of people are afraid of fighting, not because you're going to hit somebody, but you're going to be hit. So once you get over the fear of being hit, there's not an awful lot left. You know that, don't you? The thing to fear then is not will somebody do me damage. The fear is how much damage will I do to them? And seriously, in saying this, I speak to the man here on my left who will know there has to be a time that when you're pressing, you have to know when to step back because you can apply too much force. So if we get into a fight, don't be surprised if you get a bloody nose. But it's only a bloody nose. Don't be surprised if you get a grazed knee. But it's only a grazed knee. But if you don't want the fight, you don't want the fight. Statement I wrote down here. Do we have a stomach for the fight moving forward? See, I can say yes, and you can say yes, but inside, the madman in your attic's going, you're having a laugh here, Phil. Have you got a stomach for the fight? There was a T-shirt that was out some years ago, and it said this on the front of it. It is not the size of the dog in the fight that matters. It's the size of the fight in the dog. What size of fight do you have in you? Is it worth, do you even look at your family and think they're worth saving? This is, yes but, that's why it's called yes but this morning, okay? We'll get to honesty corner in a little bit. Do you know, I had an issue, again, I'll be dead honest, this is me, I'm being transparent where our family's concerned. I have made this statement on numerous times to both my boys, it's not just Dan, it's Joel. I have made this on new, numerous times. I love you, but I don't always like you. So I love you unconditionally, but your behavior, your lifestyle, your reactions, the way you deal with other people, the way you deal with me, your behavior, your attitude, you know, the list is a drop-down menu here. You know that, don't you? In all of that, I can say, I love you, but I don't always like you. So which one in my balance do I want when I come to the wall? Is it, I don't always like you, so stuff you. I'll get to you somewhere down the line when I actually like you and think you're worth the fight. You're worth the hassle. Because I don't know if you've noticed, I have enough battles on a daily basis without fighting for Dave. 
I have enough turmoil, enough stress, enough issues to face, casting out, casting out legion from Ange every other week, than I do than I do from dealing with anything else. But it means that when we start to fight our family for our families, I'm taking away the focus from me and I'm starting it to put elsewhere. Because a lot of the time, if we're honest, in church life, our energies and our spiritual life is all caught up with give me another word, cause me to push where you are, I want this, bring me health, let this do. It, all my prayers are very much evolving me. Am I the only one who's going to tell the truth or am I surrounded by some more liars out there this morning as well? It's pretty much true, isn't it? Our general prayer lives, if we was to have a graph, so on our graph, whether it's block graph or it's one of those graphs, and we went, subject matter, me, I think my graph would be quite like that rather than being a flat line. I like to think I'm praying for everybody. I like to think I'm holding everybody up in prayer and pushing through. But do you know what happens? There'll be those moments where you feel touched in your spirit and you pray for situation, sick baby, Harry this, bump, we all go to full on. Harry, 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 Harry's better. Oh, stop praying for Harry now. We're not going to put our hands up and say, who's still praying for Harry? Okay, just look at you as you're looking at your feet means I'm probably right. In all of these issues, I'm praying for me. So the onus as we're moving forward is taking the onus from me and start to target it somewhere else. But the question comes back, do you or will you have a stomach for the fire? Let tumbleweed pass. Will you have a, a stomach for the fire? Because Pastor Tony has made this declaration. As a house, we are going to stand our ground for six to seven months and press in. Most of us are thinking, I ain't getting past Wednesday. Never mind six to seven months. It's too far down the line to think. You've got to do the step by step. So let me help you with something with this morning. We're talking about fighting for our families, but I want to widen it slightly. There are three areas that we hit and we have responsibility for. Personal, corporate, and national futures. Personal, corporate, and national. That's what we have responsibility for. If we can affect all three areas, then we'll see national transformation. See, these things on here, Christ revealed, church reformed, the city transformed, are all just pipe dreams unless we find some way of doing it. We need blueprints and action plans that will cause us to move forward. So let me help you with something. This is not unique to me, so don't think I just got suddenly smart, because I didn't. But there are three facets, and they're called the three Fs. Three Fs. If we can impact the three Fs, we will see a change. Those three Fs, family, finance, and faith. If you can touch those three areas, you will see a nation turned around. So where the family's concerned, if we can build strong family units with wholesome marriages, the way that God declares them to be, not just they've got the LGBT 
variety that comes along and what is the definition of family and all this kind of stuff. You know, when Pastor Tony said some weeks ago, he said that there is a new statue in Birmingham that was defined as a family and he thought it was two lesbian ladies with a child. It isn't. It isn't because I looked into it and I told him and he said he was going to mention it, but he didn't, so I'll mention it. It is actually about Ladies who have either lost their partner or single mothers who will still bring up the family unit and have to be mum and dad to their own kids. And they said, what's being defined as the family, instead of it just being man, woman, 1.2 kids, sometimes it's mum with two kids, three kids, because dad's done a runner, left them on the scene, and we have to define that family is more than just mum and dad. Yes? And I'll let you into another thing. You know when Tony said last week about the LGBT? Lesbian, gay, transgender, whatever the rest of them is. Yeah, and the queer on the end. Kevin, you did that search a couple of weeks ago with Gull. Am I right in saying there are now 23 sexual orientations, not four? Yeah, tell your face. So do you know when you go like this and you have your drop-down menu on your website that says sex, male or female, that list has suddenly got very big. There are 23 sexual orientations and not two. So when you say lesbian, gay, transgender, queer, whatever it was, all of that stuff in, they're now going, you have to represent me as being a human being. So this is my right. It's not a right, but they say it's that right. So that drops down bigger and bigger. So when we're looking at family, how do we build strong family? What about the value structure? What about putting the God in the center of it. What about wholesome marriages where a man loves a woman for the rest of his life? Where you're married to the same woman, to the same man, that I can romance her and she can romance me and I can keep her and she can keep me and we can meet each other's needs and we can grow together and that our future will be greater than our past. What about well-nurtured kids? encouraged in the right environment. You know, bless him. Again, I can use him because, like I said, he's not here. Poor Dan. Dan is never going to be a rocket scientist. He's not. It might be a surprise to you if you've ever talked to Dan. But Dan is never going to walk around in a lab coat. It's not his makeup. Some years ago, when he was leaving school, he was going to college, and he came back, and he was like this. He says, I have my hair, I'm going to college, and I've decided I'm going to study psychology, English literature, and something else ridiculous. So I took his form and ripped it in half. Not on the basis of being some kind of arrogance. It was, sit down. I need to tell you that I know you better than you know you. So in finding where he was, I was able to encourage him to say, Dan, can I just remind you of the last five years of secondary school? Did you like doing homework? No. Did you like being in school? No. Did you enjoy doing these things? No. Do you have a passion and a love and a desire to read? No. Right, so let's maybe cross that one off, and let's cross that one off, and let's cross this. But then we started to show him 
But look, Dan, from you being small, do you remember when we bought that piece of furniture? Yes. And what did we do? Oh, I put it together. How old were you, Dan? Seven. Right, so what you see is this. Academically, what they say is academia, you don't tick their box. But you can see patterns and the way that things go together without using instructions. Dan's always been like that. What do you need instructions for? And he'll just be pulling bits and bobs. So we started to show Dan that the skill set he had was in the plans in his head and the way he used his hands. He went and did, right, I'm going to do a taster on mechanics. I don't want to be a mechanic. They have dirty hands. So he goes to have a look at it. I think I might have gelled with this. It gelled with it, with him, and he gelled with it. So we was able to speak and encourage. He gets chosen out of 3,000 boys to be one of eight that's going to be trained. Does four-year course in 14 months because he, he moved it that quick. He was that advanced. Went and did three years ahead of schedule to be an MOT mechanic. Not supposed to be one until you're 22. He was there down at 18 already as an MOT mechanic. Apprentice of the year. He's now a master tech in the stuff that he does. Dan is now the most advanced mechanic in his garage with guys who's got 40 years experience. Dan's the most equipped. Why? Because we was able to encourage him and point him in the right direction. See, I can go like this. Dave, Dave goes, because here's the thing, never stop anybody. If anybody's got the desire to be something, let him be it. So Dave goes, oh, dad, 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 I'm going to be a ballerina, you know. <laughs> you know, there has to be a time. Encouragement is also bringing things into alignment, not just allowing you to waste the next six years of your life going nowhere to come back and say, Dad, not only have I run up 30 grand of your money on my uh, overdraft from being in university, but I can't do anything with uh, binocular science in Drollsden because there doesn't seem to be a need for it. We encourage families, and it'll cause the strong family unit. So guess what happened? I'll tell you what happens. Again, sorry, I'm talking about me, but I can't use you. In our situation, because we've been willing to tell the truth, love you even though I don't always like you, if Dan or Joel want to make a decision, they won't make the decision without first bringing it to us. So they don't do something ridiculous, apart from the old tattoo, which is ridiculous. They don't do crazy things. They come to you because they know that the counsel you will bring them is trustworthy, and not only trustworthy, will be for them and not against them. I'm not trying to make either of them me. They have to be their own men, growing to their own height at the right time. But if we can build all of this, how strong are our families? What about finance? Majority of families and people fall over through lack of financial intelligence. Yes, I said it in church, finance, money. I didn't swear. <laughs> Nobody wants to mention finance. Everybody wants to say about money. Don't bring it into the church. Don't talk about it. It's what will be the thing that helps to save your life. If you want to scrape through life all the time, don't learn about finance. If you want to find a way of sliding through, build every skill 
on side of you the financial intelligence that will help you move forward. Start to learn the skills of putting others before yourself. The laws of sowing and reaping. The laws of honor. The laws of delayed gratification. I'll say that again for those sat near the back. Delayed gratification. The world out there says, Irene, you deserve it. You can have it right now. All I need is your signature on the bottom of this and your PIN number. Don't worry about the interest rate. We'll carry it forward as we go. Did anybody see anything about, um, oh, what's it called? It's, it's the place where you can buy furniture from. There's one. Bright House. Bright House this week. He said, you buying a piece of furniture from Bright House is worse than you taking a payday loan. Buy a £250 TV and pay £1,200 for your TV. But it's only £3 a week. And Dawn, you deserve it. You can have your big telly. The telly would have gone before you finished paying for it, and you would have had to take out another loan to pay it off, so I've now got a double loan for me telly. Delayed gratification. What about the correct use of credit? The correct use of credit. We wrote something a few years ago that said this. It says, where credit is concerned, if we were to take our fathers and our grandparents, to have credit was a sign of shame. You didn't tell anybody about your credit. You didn't tell somebody you had it on tick. You didn't tell you that your name was in the window. Now it's a badge of honor. We had somebody that, we won't use the name, spoke to us a few years ago that talked about the bank had told them that they were cutting off their credit. They said, that's it, we're cutting off your credit. In here, Monday morning, we're having a conversation. So they went out that weekend and spent £8,000 on as much credit as they could. Why? Because I'll add it to the £35,000 worth of debt I've already got, because what's the worst can happen? I'll put me on an IVA, and I'll pay it back over time. All of these things cause us to fall over. And what about the final one? Faith. This is the key factor. If we can build families that have all those things we said above, that understand finance, but is Christ-centered, disciplined generation, carrying a kingdom mandate, what will be the difference in the UK? Faith, finance, family. If you can hit those three things, you'll change so much. Do you know that? We have difficulty making an impact in any of those areas. God said, if we start with a family, I understand my own finances, I build Christ in the center, why don't I start with me and have the pebble in the pool scenario where the ripple goes from me out rather than me pointing the finger at everybody else about how they've got to change and I'm a scumbag and fall over in all those areas. I can't keep my wife. I don't love her the way that Christ loved the church. I can't wash her with the word. I don't encourage her. I don't build her up. I don't, I'm not one of those people that, what does it say about your kids? That fathers, you should not aggravate, cheese off, wind up your kids, but bring them to the place where you can talk and you can build with them. We'll have legacy transfer. See, a lot of the problems we have are problems of our own making. I've said it. Don't blame the devil. You and I were the dipstick. And when I was a dipstick, I now live with the consequences. 
Because when I was cheesed off and I was frustrated at work because somebody had had a go or they'd not paid the bill or blah, 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 and Dan comes home and he says something, that might be that moment not to have the conversation I'm just going to have. Okay, hands up. Who's had conversations when you shouldn't have had the conversation? Oh, I think we're kind of, we're doing all right here, aren't we? Wrong time. Do you know what Proverbs says? Proverbs is smarter than me. It's smarter than me. Better is the man who can control himself than the man who can take a city. If you can't keep your gob shut, we're having a moment. You are an incendiary bomb ready to go off at any time. See, some of us are slow burners. You know what a slow burner is? I'm getting cheesed off. I'm getting wound up. Week one, I'm getting cheesed off. Getting cheesed off, getting cheesed off. Suddenly, kaboom, out of nowhere. There is no rhyme or reason for it. There is no preparation. Suddenly, Dave just lost his head because he was the straw that broke the camel's back. In the transparency bracket, because we're all being transparent, then we have Ange. Ange, And Ange won't deny it. Ange won't deny it. This is where I go, and you're a McMahon. Because Angie's original family is a McMahon. And the McMahons go from zero to boiling point in about five seconds. So you go like, oh, happy day, all nice. How was Ruby? Boom, gone. Suddenly you're splattered. Everybody's got it, even the dog. If Angie's on one, even the dogs get it. You get it, get it, get it in the can, you get it, you're not good, you're And it'd be like to Dan, yes, you're go off Saturday night, you're go out there and you're digging table, go out there, back of my hand. And it's all that, and then here's Ange. I've said it, I've said it now, does anybody want to brew? You're like that in a corner. You're all smashed over. There's people in therapy. They're booking their online booking courses. The dog won't come out of its kennel. And you're, anybody want to brew? Anybody brew? Because Angel say this. If I have a word with you, I've said it then, it's out. Blow the consequences how you feel. I feel much better. <sighs> I've let it go now. And I'm sure there's more than one Angie in this room. But I I digress. If we can build each of those facets, things will change. Now, sometimes, like we said before, about having the stomach for the fight, I'll condense this. There's more, but I'll condense it really short. We said the three Fs. There are also three mountains. There's three types of mountain. There is the mountain to speak to. There is the mountain to inherit, and there is the mountain to ascend. So speak to, inherit, and ascend. I speak to the mountain in faith. So even if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, 
you can say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be. Yes? See, we don't practice that one often. Kath does. We don't practice that one very often. The next one. Caleb said, give me my mountain. There was a land to inherit, even with its problems. Because the mountain that Caleb was going to take was the land of the giants. It was the place where Goliath came from. And he said, even though I am 80 years old and my strength has not waned, give me my mountain. So we talked about that which was his inheritance. But is it still a mountain? It's still a mountain. And then we have the mountain to ascend. And who can ascend the hill of the Lord, the Mount of God, Zion? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So here comes the question. Is the honesty corner. Is anybody willing? I've been honest with you this morning. I've told you all about Ange. I've told you all about Dan. Yeah? So now I need you to be honest with me. We're talking about the yes but, and we're going to stand for our families. So now we come to our own mountain. Why can or won't it happen? Thank you, Julie. Because of us. Why? Because of you. Right, so we've got to be the doers and not just the hearers unless we deceive ourselves. Right, so we've got to be doers. Any more? Pardon? Apathy? Good? Lack of vision? Come on, keep it coming. Lack of faith? Lack of love? Disappointment. There's a good word for us. Any more? Past experience. See, all of you have got a word in your head, but you're not willing to shout out. Do you know why? Because we're in church and we think, I've got to speak positive. But here's the honesty corner. If I do not come to the truth in myself and see this thing is maybe bigger than me and I need the backing of God, I will not last the course. Because they're not worth fighting for. It's too much hassle. I'm too busy. I've tried it before. What about hope deferred makes the heart sick? I've prayed for my kids. I've done it before. I've got myself all giddy. I believe just in a moment you might turn it around and nothing happened. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is hope answered? Hope answered is to you the tree of life. So God says, I'm looking to bring hope to you. I'm looking to bring legacy back to you. I'm looking for transfer. But if you cannot buy in and see it changing, it won't. Do you know the one thing for those in unbelief and those who have no faith have one thing in common? You will get what you you hope you're going to get. Nothing. You're going to think and get nothing. So we stand here now when we say, let's partner together. Let's push in for the next six months. And in the back of your head, you go in, no chance. Why? Because I've been here before. So which mountain do you need to deal with? Do you need the mountain that says, God, I need faith. 
I've got to push in. You've got to touch me in a fresh way, then I can see something with some fresh vision. What about that which you inherit? My God, you gave me an inheritance in our kids. You gave us an inheritance in different stuff. What are we going to do? God, I want to ascend as a mountain, up the mountain, as a family, as a clan. I don't want to go on my own. I want it to be like... The sound of music, where we're all skipping over the hills together, that me and my family are all blessed in our lederhosen, and we're off into the sunset. Whatever it is, if you don't get on the page and deal with the monster of you, the monster under your bed, you will never move towards this. I'll say it again. You will never move towards it. You have to be honest with yourself. See your position where it is now, but also see what God is saying. That's why we're saying this morning, we're vision casting. If you can actually be in a place that says, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. I'll be honest with me. I'm not going to be honest with all of you, but I'll be honest with me and God this morning and say, God, I just can't see it. God, I want to see it. I'm hoping for it. But God, you've got to do something internally inside of me that will cause something to turn around. Do you know what will cause something to turn around? A quick testimony. If you can get a quick testimony in your life, even of a conversation, even of where somebody gives you a seed of hope, it's somewhere to camp and push from. But if all you're doing is hitting a brick wall, brick wall, brick wall, brick wall, Pastor Tony, Paul, me, anybody else can stand here and declare about putting families to the wall. It won't move or change anything. So did we say this is honest, honesty corner? Outside of me, and I'll speak for Ange because she's got her hand up even though she's not. How many of us maybe struggle with the entire concept of saying, my family... And the dark places they get to and the lives they live and where they are can actually be turned around. Is there anybody apart from me that says, God, you've got to do a miracle in this because I can't see it. Is there anybody else? Is anybody else going to be honest? Right. So if we're going to be honest, we need to start from a different place. So next week when Pastor Tony says, we're putting families at the wall, it's no use going, yeah, we're putting families at the wall. You need to deal with you. And the only way you can deal with you is finding him in his presence and say, God, you've got to help the way I see. You've got to show me that there's light at the end of the tunnel. When I look at my own kids, I kind of think the Congo will be saved before you. Right, I'm going to slide over here just for a moment because we're on honesty corner, aren't we? I'm being honest with you, you're being honest, honest with me. Right, so how long have you pushed in for Marcus? 20 odd years, but you're still going. You can get to 20 years, 20 months, 20 minutes seems too long. If it seems that each time you sow the word and there is nothing coming back, we move to unbelief. And in the unbelief, we automatically go passive. So Pastor Tony's term, and I said, we'll have a strategy of where we grow, grow together and we'll go together and we'll join strength to strength. Dave, I'm with you. And all of my strength, I have no problem in having faith for Dave's family turning around. I have no problem in seeing David over here healed. I have no problem at all of seeing Dawn coming to financial breakthrough. It's when I turn the finger back at me and mine 
Do I have faith to come to finance? Do I have faith to say that God wants to do it in my life? Do I have faith to say that my family is worth saving? Honesty corner. It's the yes but. Now, you don't see because you're all looking this way, but I can see because I'm looking that way. At least two-thirds of people sat in this room said they have a problem and don't see how it can be done. So that means we have to make a journey. Yes? So let's make a journey together. And if you come in next week, I want to celebrate with you. If all of a sudden, Julie comes along and says, Phil, I was talking to Greg this week, and he fell down on his knees, and he started repenting. He says, I need Jesus Christ. That's not the time to poke her in the eye. Go like, yeah. You know them words that you say under your breath that you hope nobody hears? But God does. There's that element of learning to celebrate with others in their time of celebration that they can celebrate with me. Single, barren woman, you who don't have a child, there is a time to sing and celebrate even though you've not got. And as I celebrate and join with you and we join as a clan, watch the glue start to come together. Because you know what we're not having in here? We're not having a pity party. If you've got an unsaved partner, you've got an unsaved partner. If you've got kids who are away, you've got kids who are away. Do you know there's one common denominator? They all need God. If they're all away from God, I don't care if you are a transgender, sexual, bisexual, triple-gated, one-legged, lesbian Freemason. You're away from God. See, we look at things and say, I look at the situation of Dave's imaginary kid and say, your boy really, really needs God. He's away from God, this, he's that. He's the one-legged lesbian. He's got all of this going on. God really needs to break through. He's got all this stuff. Don't lose it. We put big need of God, small need of God. God says needs God. We put the bracket on things. So God can say by the many or by the few. When God moves towards a situation, he moves towards a situation. But will you join your faith in your heart to where he is? Because all them people are saying, yes, I'm going to remind you when you've got a miserable face. Because when you're actually going, I can't see it, Phil. I'm just letting you know that three weeks ago, a month ago, six months ago, you said yes. Because we come back to that question, have you got a stomach for the fire? Am I going to get, I'm going to, I love you, but I don't always like you, Joel conversation, and you can get your Jesus Christ, and you can, that that comes back and going, all I'm trying to do is love you and help you, and you throw it all back in my face, and then the Angie bit rises up in me that goes, well, burning hell. Because you don't think like me. Does anybody think like me? where I'll write you off for a season and go, you're not even worth talking to. Is there anybody in Honesty Corner this morning which will go, you're not worth the fight? Yeah. Right. So in all of these different conversations, all of us need some help. Because the word is great that says, put the family by the wall. Because corporately, we can all nod. But then we all walk away individually and go... What's he preaching next week? I'll tell you what he's preaching next week. He's preaching what he preached this week. 
There's two people that have to come into alignment. Or three. Me, myself, and I. The Holy Trinity in Phil has to come into alignment and say, my God, I will choose to believe your report and not choose to believe what I see and what I hear. There is some days, there, I'm being honest, there are some days I see my kids and go, where did you come from? Because all I see is a Mac man. There is no Clark DNA in any of this, in any of this here. No, do you not see your family sometimes and think, you are a stranger? Do you not think, where did you come from? Because where did my values go? Where did this go? Where was that? And you look, and I can be sat across the table with people I love, having a meal, thinking, you are a complete stranger to me. I'm being honest. If you don't be honest, don't be honest. Fine, you don't be honest, I'm being honest. So it's looking to see how things can change. So do we want to see answers to prayer? Do we want to see answers to prayer? Number one, you better start praying then, aren't you? Look, should we just call it basics? Should we get to standing at the wall for beginners? I saw it in the bookshop. Standing at the wall for dummies. Number one, pray. Do you know, I knew a person a while ago who used to have this thought. God knows everything. He knows when I stand and when I sit. So they used to use that as a reference for, I don't need to pray because God knows everything that I think. So because he knows what I think, I don't need to interact with him in any way. And the response is, when I was a child, I thought, acted, and reasoned like a child. You cannot get to the place of not happening. Now, I'm going to give you, very quickly, some ways of turning this around. Because you know who I'm talking to when I'm telling you. So is that all right? Number one. Number one. When you go to pray, you ready for this? Don't. I got your attention for a second, didn't it? When you go to pray, don't. Go to this first. Because I need to say and sow back to him what he is saying, not me having a sulk, not me having a moment, not me snot running down my face. Already, Ruby is four. If Ruby starts crying and comes to talk to you, I will not talk to her. I will say, go and stop crying, blow your nose, come back, and then we'll have a conversation. Because I don't hear, I don't need that the same way that God doesn't need that. He is not moved by, please, by your snot and your emotion. He's moved by the word. So when you're there, hopefully sewing your fridge magnet, Let's find the word. We don't just need to pull something out of the air. What does God say about this? 
So let me give you a scripture. I read this the other day, and it was like, this is it. I'm having this. This is my new. Max, this is our new fridge magnet. You ready? It's from Jeremiah 31. It says this. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children, and she refuses to be comforted, for her children are no more. Thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord, and they will return to their own land and remove from the land of the enemy. There is a hope for your future. Stop crying, blow your nose, because God will remove your children from the enemy. You will be rewarded for your labor and your children will return back to their own territory for there is a hope for your future. Now I can camp by that. Okay, my God, Father, you've seen it. I've had a snot, I've had a moan, I've had everything. Again, I'll be dead honest. This is only honesty corner. You've been honest with me, I'll be honest with you. I had a conversation two weeks ago with my Dan. And I said, Dan, I need you back. I need you, your mum needs you, the house needs you to bring your strength and stand shoulder to shoulder with us. Because my legacy shouldn't be found in everybody else and not in you. Oh, I'm being selfish for a moment. Is that all right? Now, I delight if you get something out of this morning or any time you... When our lives cross and you get anything from it, and I can help you and you help me, we're all blessed. But there should be legacy in my own house as well. You're not going to begrudge me that, are you? I don't begrudge you. I don't expect you to begrudge me. We work together. We build together. The power of partnership. Success is not a solo project. There's a reason why the disciples were sent out in two. What about if a man falls into a hole, is there anyone to help him out? How can two walk together unless they agree? There is a thing about synergy and partnership where it comes to go, uh, to, together. Now, I'm going to give you the gospel according to Disney. Is that all right? It's one of the new translations that you'll find. You can get it online, Amazon. The gospel according to Disney. Not all time is wasted doing your 15-hour flight to Malaysia. I'm on Malaysia. I'm on the airplane. I'm going and I'm surfing. Those of us who've been know what it's like. Once you've watched the film, and you've had your dinner, and you, you've had enough. So you never really end up watching anything or doing anything apart from flicking 10 minutes of this, 10 minutes of that. I fell on the Jungle Book. The new Jungle Book. And there is little Mowgli. He's there, and he's with the wolf pack. And then they pulled out the law of the jungle. Get that down. Get that down. Are you ready for this? The law of the jungle goes like this. Now, this is the law of the jungle, as old and as true as the sky. And the wolf that shall keep it may prosper, but the wolf that shall break it must die. As the creeper that girdles the tree trunk, the law that runs forward and back. For the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. Boomf. You're you because of us. 
And we're us because of you. And when I look and say, I have an investment in Chris and Kath, and they have an investment back in me, no man is an island unless your name is Madagascar. We all need each other. So we stand in strength. I stand and go to pray with Dave, and this week is, I can't speak to me mountain. It's all death. I can't see it. I can't see me coming back. We hit it with the strength to help to rise him back up. We bring the faith and we push together. And then there's another week where my faith's down, and Dave uses his faith to push us higher. Because the strength of this is you. And the strength of you is us. So you don't like the gospel according to Disney. It did more for me than it did for you. But I'm telling you, these are the things. Now it tells us, or Tony told us, we've got 10 minutes, we'll do this quickly. Pastor Tony told us a few weeks ago, didn't see about, there needs to be the creation of a clan. Someone said to me last week, we're in Malaysia, and they said, do you know what? We don't understand, we do not understand you Brits and football. So we do not understand football. So the reason you don't understand football is you don't understand the principle. Football is not a game. For all of you ladies think it's 22 men running around with nice legs kicking a bag of air. Football is not a game. It's a clan sport. So you stand with your clan. Normally, your clan is given to you as a young boy by your father. The colors that he carries, he gives to you. If you were a red, you're always a red. God forbid you were a red and you became a blue because they got some money last week. Once you've got your colors, you stay your colors. It's clans. I took... Uh, Raymond Gabriel from Malaysia to Manu. We took Peter Nichols to Manu and to City. Cannot understand it because when you have sport in their countries, everybody's all sat around. It's all nice. Having a picnic. How are you today? Very good. Didn't get there. Cannot understand it because it's tribal and glandular. Glandular. It's glandular. Glandular. I've made a new word. It's clandular this morning. But the clans come together. Now, if we can find the unity and glue of a clan on a good day or a bad day, watch what happens in here. Because your strength is this, and our strength is you. The whole thing of clans coming together. Now, I was reading Nehemiah, and I was reading about a guy called Zabe. Z-A-Z-A-B-B-A-I. Don't ask me how to pronounce it. He's Zabi to me today. Zabi to me tomorrow. Zabi. But you know what it says? If you read the breakdown of, and the goldsmiths did this, and the family of them did that, and the Levi's did this, and they did that, and then Zabi makes a statement of him that is not made for anybody else. And Zabi repaired the wall zealously. Everybody else repaired the wall but it, out of everybody who was building Jerusalem, it picked him that said, but he had zeal. There was a zeal in that man to do something different than what everybody else was doing. I broke it down into four groups of people. There's more, but there's four. Quickly for this. There is the zealous. There are the refusers, because these are from Nehemiah. You saw those who refused to build. 
you see those who partnered and you see those who are coerced. This morning, you might feel, we're going to partner with this and move forward. You might be in the vanguard that says, I'm quite zealous and I want to see this done. You might be sat there going, I couldn't give a monkeys. I'm all right. I'm all right, Jack. Blow you. Or you might be the ones who are coerced. Come on, Don. You can do it. Come on, Don. And we have a little bit of pecking away. Come on, Milton. Sure. Go on, Don. Give it a go. What do you, how do you know? You've got nothing to lose unless you give it a go, have you? Come on, Don. We'll see Marcus turned around. We'll see the boys turned around. All right, I'm in. Most of us are the last group. When we're the last group, after two weeks, we want to tell everybody we were the zealous ones who started. Oh, I've all, right from the beginning, I've always, always been for this family, like. We're not, because we'll lie to ourselves, especially in this environment, that everything's different. But I'm going to show you an illustration really quickly. Can you give me, I've got seven minutes, but can I make it ten? There's three more extra minutes. Let me show you some examples. I want to show you something here that will help. I think it'll help anyway, even if you don't. So bear with me. Here we go. Right. There are some things I can do on my own because I don't need you. I've got my little stool, and I can change my position. Did I need your help? Not at all. Yes? I made, I grew, I changed, I adapted. This was choices I made. I opened up my stool, and I moved forward. But then there are other choices. So this works like this. There you go. Come on, Ange. Right. I was all right when I was over there. Okay. So one of us, and I'm assuming it's me, is going to climb up there. Okay, so let me, let me move this back a little bit here. Right, so, are you all right? Now, what's the chances of Ange being able to support me getting up there? Pretty small. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust the people I trust. Come on, Chris. Kev? Kev? Dave? See? That's you. Yeah, come on, Tumby. Is there anybody else I trust? Is there anybody else here I can trust? Right. Anybody says that I can trust, why don't you come and help me? Because I'm going to climb this ladder, and if health and safety causes me to fall over and break my neck, it's your fault. Because the strength of the fox, or the wolf, is the pack. So here we go. I'm going up. I'm going up here now. I'm going all the way. Because the strength of me is you. The strength of me is you this morning. The strength of you is me. Now, when we stand like this, we can do anything. Can we not? Now, it might be this morning, I'm the one who's risen. But next week, it can be you. Because we all take our position on the, in our place, don't we? Yes? Thank you, guys. Well, I promise not to stand on your fingers. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, I trust more of you than what names I shouted. Yes? Thank you. But the strength of the wolf is the pack. I cannot do that without your strength this morning. Is that right? So in our honesty corner, we're not as far down the track at times as we think we are. But if we're honest about it, we can be. 
So write these points down really quick. Because I'm going to give you a prayer strategy. You ready? You can, I'll leave my notes at the front. You can always write them down if you don't get them. Number one, if you need to start with, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief, it's a start. Number two, everybody has to start somewhere. Don't think, I suddenly look and think, I can't pray like Pastor Tony, and I can't pull this down, I can't do that. Start where you are. Yes? If you're embarrassed, start small and set realistic goals. So if Pastor Tony comes along and says, right, we're going to join his clans, and why don't Phil, you're going to meet with Dave because you're going to choose whoever you want to pray with. I'm going to meet with Dave. Let's not go. Right, Dave, we're going to do the next two hours building in the spirit. Do you know the truth is when I start, I might have 10 minutes, he might have 10 minutes. Together we've got 20 minutes. Don't get lost in this is the amount of time that something must be done. God is looking at the heart. You know what they tell you about weight loss? If you need to lose three stone, what is your target? One stone. Because when you get to one, you can go, hey, it's not bad this, I found one's all right. I'll move to two. But if you go, I need to lose three stone, you go down to Weight Watchers next week and you went, Dave, moment on the lips, life on the hips. You've been in the old kebab shop again, haven't you? You put two pound on. Do you know three stones seems a million miles away? So then end up dropping back, dropping back, dropping back. Start from where you are and allow something to grow. Simple thing. Plan or nothing will happen. Dave, uh, we're going to pray. When? I'll let you know. You let me know and I'll let you know. You know when you're going to pray, don't you? You're not. So you have to plan. You like this one, fellas? Fellas, it's time to man up. Thank you for your underwhelming response. Fellas, it's time to man up and take the lead in your house. It's time to become the priest in your house. Well, we don't normally pray together. Well, it's the time to start. I might be embarrassed. You might be embarrassed. I'm going to be crude for a moment. Is that all right? There's no other way to describe this. I'll be crude. You have no embarrassment when you're chasing each other naked up and down the stairs. So being able to sit in, to be able to sit in a room and go, now I'm just, just praying, Lord, amen, yes, hello, Jesus. I think that might be an issue. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What are you going to define as being embarrassed? The next one, find the word first and launch it. What has God or is God saying don't just go with wishful thinking. The next point, join strength with strength, not negativity. I'm there, poor Dave, he sat at the front again. Dave, I really believe our families can be changed. Yeah, it's all right for you saying that. And everything I say counteracts with negativity, you know we're not going to get far. The next point, if you have an unsaved partner, Join with others, but not for a pity party. This is not about you saying, I'm going to kick my husband or wife and tell you how much of a scumbag they are. This is a time of believing that God 
we're fighting for them, we're going to push through. Is that all right? Key, you don't need to know detail. So if you say to me, Phil, I'm joining with you for prayer, so why don't you tell me about the life of Dan and the life of Joel? None of your business. I'm sorry, Phil, I thought you said you wanted me to join in prayer. None of your business. I don't need to know your detail, and you don't need to know mine. What we need to know is they're away from God, they need touching. Yes? Because this is not a gossip shop. It's not a pity party. This is front lines. We're fighting for something. Is that right? And finally, don't spend your time chatting. I'll say it again because it's quite a (laughs) crucial one. When you meet, don't spend your life chatting. Get on with the business. And remember one thing. The strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. Let's stand to our feet. Bang on, not one minute over. How's that? It's okay, David. Just leave him where he is. He's okay. I hope this has helped you this morning. We just want to be honest. It's really easy to just stand here and make declarations And we can all say to each other, we're all on the page and we're all changing when the truth is, when two-thirds of us went, I'm actually having a bit of a moment here, seems a bit of a bridge bridge too far, God knows before he put us in the tax. But do you know what's great? We said it in the prayer meeting this morning. God believes in you. And the reason why he says you can fight this battle is because he believes you can win. I said he believes you can win. Again, we use this illustration. They don't call you the champion at the press conference. They call you the champion after you've won in the ring. You step in the ring, you swallow deep, you put in your gum shield, and you go to fight. And at the end of that fight, they say who's the champion. And God says, in this room, I see a bunch of champions. I'm going to call into the ring and say, you will... Not might, you will take some blows. You will face some disappointments. But our future has a hope. Our children will return. And we will be rewarded for our work. Amen? Let's just raise our hands just before we go. Father, we just pray right now, my God, that Father, in the simplicity of the message that we brought this morning, Father God, I just pray that the Holy Ghost will just impact that which we need to hear. Lord God, I pray this morning, whatsoever of me, let it just fall to the ground. But Lord God, I pray this morning, Father, establish your word, establish your work in our hearts. Cause faith to grow, cause our lives to be established in you. That Lord God, Father, we pray for the legacy of our kids, the legacy of those of of those with unsaved partners, Lord God. Those who've been around and fallen away. My God, we call back Lord God, the prodigals, we call back the lost children. We call back, Lord God, Father, what should be in this house. Oh, Lord God, Father, we pray that people will not come back just to join this house, my God. But we pray that people will be called for purpose. People will be called for vision. That when they come, Lord God, Father, they can be trained, can be equipped, can have that whole purpose and vision established in their lives, Lord God. That, Father, as they've been lost, that they too can stand in the gap for those that they know, Lord God, have been lost. 
Lord God, Father, we pray for quick testimonies. We pray, Lord God, Father, we'll start to see lives turned around. But Lord God, I pray more and more that Lord God, as you rise a clan, as you call us to stand together in tribes, in nations, Lord God, that Father, you will cause that glue to hold us together, to bind us together, Lord God. And in all that we are, may Christ be the center. May he be revealed, may we be reformed, and may the city be transformed. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.